Welcome back to the first episode of 2023 of Leafs Talk Forever. Uh, all three of us are here. We got Scott, Kyle, and myself. Uh, and we got a jam-packed episode in a short time before the Leafs-Philadelphia game. So we're going to get right to it. We hope you had a good holiday and so far a good New Year. Uh, Scott, we'll throw it over to you first for the uh, milestone update. All right, so uh, last week, which we would have touched on, but unfortunately we had some issues to deal with, so we couldn't have recorded on Thursday. Uh, Austin Matthews recorded his 500 and 501st point as a Leaf. He's the fastest Leaf to ever reach that milestone in 445 games, I believe. And then and on last 500 points, when he scored the goal against... Uh, whoever they played last night, who they have Detroit. Yeah, Mitch Marner, yeah. So, well, the two fastest leaps, but in my opinion, uh, reaching pretty impressive milestones. I think Matthews is like the fifth fastest active player to also reach 500 points at 445, right? I think Crosby, yeah. McDavid, uh, Malkin, and Drysaddle, I think, are the only four that did it faster than he did. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I apologize, or yeah, we apologize uh, for any listeners. Uh, we're having a little bit of audio issues. Um, I don't know. I didn't hear what you said at the end, Scott, but it seems a little robotic, so deal with us on this one. Uh, which which part? Uh, just at the very end, the last thing you said. Oh, uh, yeah, I just said, I just repeated the some impressive milestones. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so as Scott mentioned, we had a lot of issues last Thursday doing the podcast, so we had to to move it. Uh, we tried to do the recording, and it was just absolutely terrible. So, um, But what that means, Kyle gets to do a bang segment when he, was, he wasn't supposed to be here last Thursday, and this is going to be a more themed around Toronto Maple Leafs, or sorry, the, the NHL, right, Kyle? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Obviously, with NFL games going on today, I can't give you guys some options. So we'll uh, we'll look ahead to uh, Monday, uh, January 9th, hockey games. And there's only four on the table, but I've got three picked ahead for uh, for you guys. Hopefully, get you guys some money. And while we're talking about the NFL, you want to uh, give a little update on uh, DeMar Hamlin? Yeah, so I mean they've they've still say he's in critical condition. Um not sure how many NFL fans listen to our podcast, but um he was making tweets out towards um the Bills when stuff happened. Like for example, Dawson Knox got a touchdown, put up his three fingers, looked at the camera and gave a heart. Um and uh Damar uh, responded to that on um Twitter towards the, with his gesture towards um, Dawson Knox. And uh, secondly, um, when Josh Allen walked into the arena, uh, into the stadium, they showed him walking in with a, I believe it was number three shirt on and uh, Damar uh, commented saying, uh, that's my, that's my quarterback. So yeah. Um, with regards to health though, um, we still got to pray for him. Uh, He's still, it's, it's looking, it's looking positive, but uh, yeah, he's still, still got to pray for him for sure. 
Yeah, pretty scary stuff. That was uh, I actually I Scott, you were the one who told me what was going on when I saw I saw something on Twitter about it, but then when you told me and saw that video, that was pretty scary. Yeah, unfortunate, but um, unfortunately with, with sports like this and stuff like that, I mean something like that. Who would have predicted that would have happened? But um, unfortunately, in this world, sometimes stuff like that happens, and uh, we overcome it. He's strong, and uh, he's he's won that life after that. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so. Obviously, is in our thoughts, and we'll uh, keep you guys updated, hopefully, this week, if there's any other changes on that. I just want to touch on a few things uh, based on rumors here. Obviously, excuse me, two weeks ago, just before, I think it was New Year's Eve, actually, Elliot Friedman, I touched on the fact that Toronto might be getting um, more confident with the team and looking to do two or potentially more trades rather than one big one, whether it be Patrick Campbell or about whomever, they're going to be looking at potentially adding a, a top six player, maybe an extra D-man, uh, so on and so forth. Um, I just wanted to say, because I just saw this on, on Instagram, that apparently, according to uh, Darren Drager, William Elander is probably going to try and get a Mitch Marner territory, uh, like term force contract, uh, and, and sorry, and uh, average, um, sorry, AAV, sorry. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Will me learn again 10 plus? Scott, you want to start this off? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it, I mean, 10, I think is a bit much. He, Hundred, hundred plus points a season, and he—if he does it this year, this will be the first time he's ever done that. So I, I don't quite think that he's on that level of getting that kind of money. He would have been around in, maybe around seven and a half. But yeah, if, if he's asking for ten and he gets it, good on him. But I don't, I don't think he quite deserves that much. Kyle, what's your thoughts? Yeah, kind of similar to what Scott said. Um, he's not the exact same player as Mitch Marner. Um, right now, he's just getting below seven. Two years left in his contract. Um, not sure if this is because of his big emergence of uh, production this year. Um, and that's why they're saying it now. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he, he's been much better this year. Um, but he's not Mitch Marner. You can't put him on the penalty kill and him do what Marner does. Um, I get that we're trying that they're trying to compare his contract to him because of points and this and that. And um, but they're not the same player. And yeah, like Scott said, I don't think he can get ten or whatever it is. Um, yeah, almost eleven million. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Maybe maybe nine. 8.59, but yeah, it's uh, let's yeah. just say nine. Nine, yeah, I'd say nine. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you guys both. Uh, both you guys, I think it's it's strange though because like Toronto has both Matthews and Nylander due for a contract 
that year. I would go to assume that if if he stays, Nylander stays this year, and they keep him uh, like in the off season in terms of not trading him. I would assume that they're probably going to trade him the next off season because they're not letting Matthews walk, and they can't afford them both. So I would hope that they wouldn't let this happen to be like a Johnny Goudreau or or yeah. whomever who's walked in and try and make it like a Matthew Kachuk situation where they bring in a couple pieces for him. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, he's one of my favorites on the team, so I hope they keep him. But if they're all for giving Matthews the $15 million that he's rumored to be getting, then I don't think that there's any way you can keep uh, Nylander plus Tavares' 10 plus Marner's 10 plus. So I feel like they'll... They'll try to move him at some point uh, before his contract's up because I don't. I think they're going to choose one or the other, and I think you'd be crazy to pick Nylander over Matthews at this point. Yeah. Either way, you, you probably get a haul of players uh, if you trade them this offseason for either of the players. Uh, but in terms of for next offseason, I would hope and and. and I mean, I would go to assume that it would probably be the best thing because they're not going to let, just let him walk for free. So would they – like, I don't know what team would want him. I don't know, obviously, all that kind of stuff. But I would imagine that they'd probably be able to bring in maybe an extra defenseman, a forward, or two forwards, and a couple picks or something like that. Like, like Matthew Kachuk got a pretty decent haul. And I think uh, point, point-wise, point Matthews – or Matthew Kachuk and William Milan aren't far off from each other. So Matthew – Ticket check just obviously adds different things. Speaking about halls, though, um, Shane Wright's rumored to get traded to from the Kingston Frontenacs of the OHL to the London Knights. It's like six draft picks in a player, and it's Roddick Bonks for all the older, well, not older, but like, I guess, 25 year olds or so plus, maybe 22 year old plus people. Uh, he played for Ottawa. His son, Oliver, plays now going to be for Kingston. Um, and then, uh, what's the name? Zollinger? Olin Zollinger from the World Juniors. Yeah, he just got traded for like, what was it, like five first round picks and like four players and plus seconds and thirds. I think it's like one of the biggest packages ever. Um, and, uh, but Cam didn't the doc hosting the. Pardon me? Didn't, didn't the, the doc just get traded too? Yeah. Golden Doc, yeah, he got traded too. So did, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Something Del Mastro. He was a defenseman. He was number twenty-four. Yeah. Uh, Luca Del Del Bellas. Owen Beck got traded as well. Um, that's rumored that Colton, uh, sorry, uh, Connor Bedard might be traded as well. But Cam Loops is hosting the Memorial Cup, or sorry, the CHL Championship this year. Uh, I, would, I think that's what I've heard that they're hosting. I don't know if it's the WHL Championship or if it's the CHL Championship, but uh, and they want to basically um, amp up their lineup. So apparently they're supposed to be in on Connor Bedard too. So you're going to be trading players that are like draft picks that for players that are literally like three years old to get at him. But yeah, I don't imagine that it's going to be like 18 draft picks for McDade or sorry, Matthews or Nylander if they ever traded either of the two, but I'd imagine that it'd probably, it'd probably be a relatively decent haul for them. Well, for Nylander, if they can't sign him, I think. Uh, but in terms of, oh, sorry, continue. I think the teams that would be interested in him would be more um, interesting to me than 
than just what they could get back from him. Like, are teams that are in the playoffs going to want him if he's going to want $10 million, or is he going to go to, like, a rebuilding team and be, like, that semi-veteran but still young enough presence that he could fit in with all of them? Like, because I could see him fitting in with, like, an Anaheim, but is Anaheim going to want to get up prospects and picks when they're already rebuilding? You know, Anaheim has a lot of prospects and picks. That's no, yeah, defense. okay. But, like, they're – even with the couple that they have, like the Zegers and et cetera, et cetera, they're, they're still not doing that well. So Nylander could help them, but are they going to want to give up future picks and prospects who could also help them potentially on a level better than Nylander at some point down the road? I think that's all dependent on where they are next year. Like right now, probably not. But if they were like a wildcard team next year, which I, I don't imagine that they would be, but if they are, maybe. Maybe they'd want to sacrifice that because then bring in Nylander. Maybe they get a few extra people on free agency, and then you're competing at the top of the West. Yeah, we all know that Edmonton's going to be in on him. Yeah, Edmonton. I could also rumored to be in on Michael Bunting too. Yeah, yeah. I could also see a, a team like Pittsburgh being in on him, a team that's kind yeah. of like on the cusp of their their established guys retiring, but want to add younger guys to help replace them. Yeah, it's true. I could also see like Calgary offering Toronto Mackenzie Weger. Like this Calgary's got like a bulk of NHL defense, right? So if they could give up one or two things that Toronto needs, say it would be, I don't know, uh, let's just say Mangiapani and, and Mackenzie Weger, would that be enough? Plus a couple prospects or picks? For Nylander? I probably yeah. people. People would probably just think Manjapani and Uyghur would. Yeah, I would. I would assume too. But I mean, like, even if they got one extra pick, then that'd be equivalent to what the, the basically what the Matsuka Chuck deal is. So. Um. Okay. So just before we get into a little bit more conversations, we're about halfway through. Uh, actually, a little bit shy of halfway through, but we're going to send to Kyle uh, for the betting. Actually, we're going to do the ad read first, and then we're going to do Kyle's bank segment. And then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about uh, this past 2022 season and some other trade talks. Stay tuned. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why would you bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Personally, I'll be placing a bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who wouldn't want to bet on Tom Brady? So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. Okay, so uh, use the promo code THPN and uh, get you some dollars in your pocket. Uh, Kyle, you ready for the betting segment? Yeah, for sure. 
All right, I'm getting your tunes ready. All right, I'm going to start you in a countdown. Three, two, one. It's all you, buddy. Yeah, all right, guys. So I just have to... going on next week with um okay with Kyle sorry I apologize there can't be any tunes okay <laughs> for some reason that when I turn a- on the tunes you just stop talking oh so I apologize okay. for that. no worries um anyways moving on um so yeah I've, I've picked some NHL picks for tomorrow um they've came out with some uh some lines um so for first game I got is uh, Philadelphia at Buffalo. I'm gonna take Buffalo uh, money line. Um, they've won two straight, eight and two in their last ten. Obviously, Philadelphia is playing tonight against the Leafs. They're gonna be going into a back to back. I think Carter Hart's starting tonight. So whoever their backup is, um, I think it was Sandstrom. I don't know. They had some other guy too that I didn't recognize the name of. Um, yeah, they'll be going into Buffalo, um, on the back to back. I think the Buffalo can come out with money line, um, minus two ten money line. So the odds right now aren't the best, but if you're feeling really, um, adventurous, um, you could go, uh, minus one and a half goals for plus 15, 115. I know Philly has been good lately. Um, they've won four straight six and four in the last 10. But I still think Buffalo's too good. Um, Tage Thompson, that guy's just on a roll. It's unbelievable this year. So yeah, take uh, take Buffalo money line for sure at home. Um, if you're feeling really adventurous, um, take them for one and a half goals. But um, I don't know if I would touch the one and a half goals quite yet. Um, sometimes those are a little bit scary. But you could always add the. Buffalo money line to a parlay with one of these other two picks or even all three together if you wanted to just to spice up the money portion. Um, but second pick, I'm going to take um, Nashville Predators at Ottawa Senators tomorrow. I'm going to take the Predators for plus money. Um, yeah, Nashville Predators plus money. They've won three straight, six, two, and two in the last ten. Um, they've been pretty good. Um on the road, I think recently, um, Ottawa coming off of a, I think it was eight, four loss against Seattle. Everyone's just been getting killed by Seattle lately. Um, don't know what's going on with that team on the road, but they've been pretty crazy. Um, yeah, minus, minus one Oh five money line odds are pretty good. there. taking the predator plus money. Looks like Saros will start. Um, their last game that Nashville did play was in Washington on Friday, so they're going to be rested. Um, Ottawa was coming off of that loss on Saturday. Um, and if you're feeling really adventurous, you can take the Preds for plus 220 um, by one and a half goals. I don't think I'm going to touch that because just taking the Preds um, money line to begin with is pretty good money. So, I will probably take them for that. So Preds, um, get them for plus money on the money line. And my final pick, I'm going to have to go uh, 
Seattle Kraken. They're in Montreal to face Montreal. Um, they have won four straight. Unfortunately, us Leafs fans had to deal with what happened the other night. They just come into Toronto and killed them 5-1. They've also beat beaten Senators 8-4, the Oilers 5-2, and the Islanders 4-1. But this will be the fourth game of the road trip that they're on. They've won every game on the road trip so far, Oilers, Leafs, and Senators. I think they're going to continue that against the um, Canadians on Monday. They're 6-3-1 last 10. Um, money line's minus 175, so the it's not, not amazing. Um, here's where I'd probably put Seattle money line together with Buffalo money line just to spice up the money a little bit better. And if you're really feeling that Seattle is just going to go out there and dominate, you can take them for one and a half goals at plus 150. So obviously these odds could change um, depending on injuries and this and that. Um, it's roughly 24 hours until their game tomorrow. So yeah, take Seattle minus 175 money line. Money's not amazing, but add that to the Buffalo one. Get a quick two game parlay in there. Maybe add a nice Tage Thompson um, over 0.5 points if that's what it's at. It was last time I checked. But, um, yeah, those are my picks. Hopefully you guys can get some, uh, some money. Yeah, Tage Thompson, sometimes I, I win on his shots. Yeah, he usually hits those too. Um, also, on, on DraftKings, sometimes, depending on the parlay, like when I do it, usually you can boost one of your bets. So. Uh, whether it be like, I think it's uh, 20% or whatever on one of the bets you get to choose. So if you choose Kyle's yeah. and, you, and you boost the Taste Thompson and you get more than one and a half goals, you're going to be bumping it up more. So Kyle's with some solid picks. I really like Seattle this year. They've done surprisingly better than I expected. Yeah, they've turned it around for sure. Well, everyone knows one of my favorite hockey players is Oliver Bjorkstrand, so... What can I say about him? Okay, so I don't think we have tons of time to do all of the things that we were supposed to be doing. We want to try and get this uh, going in correlation with the hockey game that starts in like, well, probably like seven minutes, but we're going to run a little bit into it. Uh, so let's get right into the nitty gritty that everyone loves to hear about. Um, New Year's Eve, Elliot Friedman had said that the Toronto Maple Leafs were potentially going to do two trades because they were more confident in their team rather than that big one. What do you guys think about it? Who are your players that you want? And if you don't want to name a player, what areas of the team would you like to boost at the deadline, which is March 3rd? Scott? Um, uh, I mean, I don't have any players off the top of my head, but I think we briefly touched on this before we went off for Christmas. And I said that I, I still think Toronto needs another bottom six. Of course, they added dry time after that, but I still feel like we, we need another bottom six slash depth on the forward group. The uh, While the, the, the big four plus bunting have been playing well, I feel like the bottom six got off to a slow start. They've slowly turned it around, but I still feel like you just need another one, maybe two guys in there that could add as rotational pieces that can come in every couple games or could fight for a spot and help you. 
uh, push past the first round down the stretch. Yeah, um, I I think I'd see I I'd want a player that is like bottom six forward slash like I don't know it's, it's tough to say because at this point it's like we've got so many options that can fit in there with the top six specifically for that second line uh, six forward role that you can kind of put in there and they'll do a good enough job just because the other five have been so exceptional. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of kind of hesitant hesitant whether or not it's a bottom six like you said, Scott, or a guy that can maybe fit in fit in with that role of the top six. Um, just because, yeah, I don't think some of the guys are quite there in the bottom six um, with regards to production. So yeah, I'm kind of on the fence here of uh, what to take. Obviously, it'd be nice to get a defenseman, but like. I think as of right now, they haven't been too bad, especially now that um, now that the injury bug's kind of over for now. Knock on wood. I uh, this one's a little bit tough for me because I want out a third goalie, but obviously that third goalie can't be someone like James Reimer because he's going to be pissed that he's not playing, right? Um. I would say probably a top six player as well as a defenseman. And I do have a couple people in mind. Um, I don't know if you guys read articles from the hockey writers or anything like that, but there was a, uh, an article posted the other day about a way that Toronto could actually acquire Jacob Chitrin. Uh, and it included a package that it's all based around what Arizona would want versus how Toronto would counter. So it was based on uh, Toppy Numela or Numela. Nick Robertson. I forget the other player that was involved. Oh, um, Fraser Mitten, who Toronto just drafted, uh, as being the the main piece, as well as the draft pick, and Justin Hall and Pierre Ball to make up for the cap because they're both on expiring deals. That's not my pick, but if, if that was the case and Toronto could pull off that deal, I mean, that's a no-brainer or because of the, the prospects that we're giving up. Jacob Trichin is four years, uh, sorry, 24 years old, two more years at 4.6. Would that be a no-brainer for you guys? Or uh, you can go first, Kyle. Um see, I don't I don't know if it's if we're at the point where I'd wanna do something like that. Um obviously not hundred percent disagreeing with you here Spencer but I don't know if we're at the point where we want to get rid of all of those guys obviously like you're not going to be able to resign everyone in the the off season and I don't know what you guys think about Robertson but I feel like they're kind of at the point where he every year and year and year he just keeps coming out getting a little bit of playing time and doesn't seem to fit a hundred percent whether that's because he's not getting enough playing time. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence here of whether or not that's a deal I would proceed. Like, is, is bringing Chikrin in going to make the difference of a team that's going to lose in the first round or win in the first round? Like, I'm on the fence here. Not yeah. fully disagreeing with you, but... No, I agree with that, though. Like, Chikrin actually has, like, I think six games or less of 
playoff experience and like he's not probably going to be an X factor. And truthfully, he's just going to take time away from Morgan Riley and Rasmus Sandy on a power play. So although he can get a little bit dirty there um, on the penalty kill and, and plays a little bit harder of a game, I would personally choose if I had a choice out of all big game defense that are out there is John Klimberg just based on being a right-handed shot and he's the right-handed version of basically Morgan Riley. Uh, Morgan Riley is obviously better, but he's 30 years old. So if Toronto was able to sign him going forward, it could be like a five times four or a four times four, whatever it is, like try and get the, because Toronto has the ability to give him obviously sign bonuses and stuff. Um, but the, the defenseman I personally would want would probably be like a Luke Shunner of Vladislav uh, Gavrikov. Um, just like a rough and tumble, kind of like a little Bushkin style player on the back end. Get rid of that freaking plug, Justin Hall. And the uh, Adam Ford, I know that it would be pretty much. Imp- oh, Nick Jensen's also also available. He's kind of like that too. Um, the, the the Ford that I personally think that would fit well with Toronto is Timo Meyer, but it's pretty much impossible unless they can get him signed because uh, his his uh, qualifying offer is ten million dollars. But he, I think he would fit on the line with Nylander and Tavares, and then Bunting would solidify the top six with Matthews and Marner. But I don't know who I would want as a goalie, to be honest. But I do tr- think Trump needs a goalie, a third goalie. That's not Eric Schalgren. Because uh, if Murray gets injured, then it's just Samson off the whole time, right? And lastly, there has been a lot of speculation between uh, Pierre Lebron and Elliot Friedman and all these people saying that Toronto has a high, high interest in Ryan O'Reilly as the third line center. I think that could be an option, but uh, Nick, is he really going to be a third line center next year? Probably not. So. But yeah, I don't see that. Uh, uh, what, the Ryan O'Reilly? Even the Chitrin. Uh, to me, I, I just don't – at this point, I mean, yeah, it would be nice to get it past the first round, but I don't see the Leafs going out and adding a big name. I feel like it will just be depth guys and like bottom pair, extra defense, or bottom six, extra forward, or a third goalie like Spencerson. I don't feel like that they're, they – they may want to, but I don't feel like they're going to add the Ryan O'Reilly, Jacob Chitrin caliber player. Yeah, um, just to add to your point, um, with with Checker, and we know that there's a ton of teams. Crap, sorry, just dropped my uh, phone here. Um, we know that there's a ton of teams that are in our, in on Checker, right? So, like, I feel like that also kind of adds to the fact that he'll cost even more, kind of get like a a bidding war on him because we've known for time that he. Uh, wants out um but yeah i feel like that'll just make it make his cost a little bit more yeah yeah i i personally think that Toronto should just kind of um stay in their lane with the labushkin style defenseman where it's like the the secondary tertiary uh tier tier defenseman rather than the 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 top defenseman also, there there is players like Jason Reimsdyk. Um, I don't want him, but Max Domi. Uh, 
Athanasiu, Anthony Duclair. Uh, apparently, Radical Gudis might be available. There's Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett. All those players would be players that I would take because they make less than – well, besides Van Riemsdyk, but his cap hit is going to be way less when the trade that comes. But all those players make less than like $5 million. So that could be doable for the Leafs. Those are the style of players that I think I'd want. And two players that I want gone besides – I mean, obviously not – I don't know. Justin Hall is obviously one of them. But for sure, Peter Ingvall, because I feel like that guy's just overstayed his welcome. And then uh, I really actually don't have a second one. It was going to be Justin Hall, but Peter Ingvall, I think that he needs to go because he's just been dog water. And you also have to add in chemistry. And specifically this year with the defense, it seems like that once they find a groove, they're good. But then when you add someone else, even if it's already established player back into the mix, they kind of stutter for a couple games. Like there was the 15 games, 15 game point streak there where they didn't lose in regulation without Riley. And then the couple games where Riley first came back, it just seemed like everybody was trying to refine their positioning again because he was slotted back into where he was. Like you even pointed that out to me, Spencer. Like it just seemed like the defense. Yeah. While they knew what they were supposed to do, they, they knew that their roles were switching from what they were in the previous two months of games because Riley's coming back and he's potentially taking that top power play spot, the, the top minutes, the top line, and everybody was trying to shuffle back around to their old their old roles yeah. as opposed to the new ones that they stepped up to take. Yeah, I just cannot stand Morgan Riley to be honest with you guys. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if you had Chitrin, I feel like the same thing would happen. Is that yeah, he would probably, be put on yeah. the top line with Morgan Riley, and then Brody would be shuffled down, and Giordano would be shuffled down, and Sandy and Lilligren would be shuffled off. And then everybody would take those couple games, or it might not even work, but let's say take those couple games to readjust to the new roles they're given, and then that kind of slides the Leafs back a bit. But yeah. it could, like, look at the last, like, uh, what's his name there? Um, Felino. They added him for the playoff run. He was the big trade deadline acquisition that gave up a first-round pick for him. And then he did nothing for the team and then left. So the trade deadline acquisitions don't always help you, right? They could always set you back a bit too. Yeah, sure. I think that's why the – like as we, we kind of all agree with that, that one style of player would be better than – or two styles of players would be better like on defense and forward rather than uh, the bigger name players. Like I don't want Toronto to go on and get poor bad. I don't want them to go on and get Vladimir Tarasenko. I just want them to kind of – uh, add pieces, and I, that's why I think that realm of like Athanasiu, Van Riemsdyk, Domi, Duclair, all those style players would fit better because they'd come in and play the same role that they'd have with their team, versus come in and expect to be the big dog. But this will be a story that, or a thing that we keep with, basically, I would imagine, hopefully every week going forward, because now that we're past Christmas, we only have two and a quarter months, two and a half months, one and a half months. It's March 3rd, whenever, however long that is from here, um, that we, we basically, and then this is going to amp up going into the end of February. So we'll be with you on this one basically whole way. Uh, but with that, I feel like that could be a wrap. Um, I'll just get to the weekend quickly. Uh, obviously, Phillies tonight. Uh, we have another back-to-back this week, Nashville on Wednesday and Detroit on Thursday. That's the 11th and 12th. Uh, we played Detroit again. We played them last night. Things got a little bit chippy there with Michael Bunting. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, this is the thing I like, 
about uh especially divisional rival uh divisional rival rivalry games like that style is when you're going to play them within the same week because those things amplify um philly's probably going to be uh travis connect or whatever his name is is just probably going to take around that matthews because that's all he seems to do uh, also tonight brody uh brody hunt and someone else is out uh, and uh simmons uh, Timmons and someone else are in. Let me look quick. Yeah, Timmons is in for Brody due to undisclosed injury. Simmons is in. Uh, I don't know if Simmons is in else. for Hunt, isn't he? Yeah, and then I think that was it. Yeah. Oh, and J- uh, Jamie Benner in. Oh wait, no, Jamie Ben's confirmed scratch. Jordy. So then. Sorry, yeah, Jordy Ben, yeah. Uh, so that means Justin Hall, big dog, is playing on the top line with Morgan Riley rather than Connor Timmons. So, <laughs> yeah, big dog himself. Well, anyways, uh, everyone good here? I think so. Yeah. Scott? Yep. All right, so next week we'll be back with you. Actually, we'll be back with you this Thursday coming up, which is the 12th, uh, probably before the game again. And uh, yeah, we'll go over all the other things that we hear from now until then. So enjoy the game tonight and uh, have a good one. Go Leafs go. Thanks. Go Leafs go.